Surprise! Hi guys, hi hi. This is although it hasn't been for a very long time. Ife. Yeah, and guys, for the actual surprise, uh, there should be drum roll actually now. Um, this is Olamide, and as you guys welcome... can see, Olamide is still an serious chap because which one is the actual surprise? What makes you more surprising than me? I have just the surprise. It's been a long time, guys, and welcome back to the bar. Um, we missed you guys. We missed you guys. We did miss you guys. And we're so sorry. I remember the beginning of season two. I was doing yappa, 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 more consistency. You know, every week, plap, plap, plap. It's been six months. It's been almost exactly to the day, six months since we dropped our last episode. So clearly that's why the spirit led me today to be like, we must record. Uh-uh. And I know I'm always the first one to throw a lamb with you under the bus, deserved or not, usually not. But guys, no, it was actually me. I can't even lie. Lamb was usually ready to record, but life was life was lifing. What can I say? Well, yeah, I must say, for if I to say she's she's in the spirits today, so you guys should expect a lot of gems from her. So she's not. Ha! It's just not ordinary fair today. But yeah, the same fair that was saying she hasn't recorded in six months is <laughs> rusty. So you guys take it easy on us. I beg. Yeah, but uh, like if I said. It's, it's been a very long time. Um, we honestly did think that we we're going to be a lot more consistent. We did. We, we did. We didn't lie. We we're just naive. We initially did not think that the podcast was going to actually happen this year because we had engagements this year that were that we envisaged would be really stressful. But at the beginning of the year, you know, we we gave it a try and it worked out well. But unfortunately, along the line, um, our schedules could not just match. So if I was probably busy now and I'm not busy now, uh, or I'm free now and if I is extremely busy now. But yeah, wow, why is my own extremely? Yeah, you know, if I had to combine a couple of things, uh, I, I would let her talk about that because if I no, all I'm they're just okay. being way too mysterious. Basically, just school or schooling work was working on both our ends but we'll get into that yeah but we just want to thank you guys so much for everyone who even during our very in fact long hiatus is an understatement our very long hiatus we're still listening especially people that would message us honestly like when people message us and they say oh i listened to this episode i really enjoyed it even those season one episodes with the crackly audio again guys sorry about that it makes i just smile like an idiot for the rest of the day like it really really perks me up so yeah. thank you to everyone who's listening and guys, keep listening, keep sharing, please keep motivating us as we see the numbers, then we feel, ob- obliged is not the word, but we feel pressure is also not the word. We feel yeah. motivated. Yeah, we are a lot very more. very motivated. Like if I said, we really do appreciate those who listen. Uh, it's, I won't lie, it's, it, it, it's a lot of joy when someone out of the blue it texts is. me and, it's, and person is telling me, oh, I listened to your podcast and I really liked it. And... The, it, it really is very heartwarming, but um, we would also appreciate if you could share, like, interact with our posts because um, we have some ideas. We want to, like, get the audience involved in the entire process. So we would really appreciate if people could actually listen, interact with us on social media so that we can actually give uh, a better experience uh, on the podcast. But... Um, Having said that, LOL yeah. UX. <laughs> yeah. Having said that, actually, um, user experience in it. Yeah, we 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 you know we want to go to the next level. We've started well. 
I expect that we will be a lot more consistent now because things have somewhat slowed the down next for, level is consistency honestly yeah, yeah. things have somewhat slowed down so uh, we will pick up some pace on the podcast now but um yeah we mentioned that we've been up to a couple of things so I think if I should probably give some background as to what she's been up to uh in the last six months and why she's never been on schedule with me to record well so so the less surprising affair is what they're supposed to go first about what i've been doing no problem but no Alamde, before we get into the where have we been portion because you know people are dying to know not really i think that i would be amiss to not just like top of the poll just talk about honestly like the state of the nation like nigeria is really Nigerian these days. Like, sometimes I always joke that, like, the quintessential Nigerian story is, like, being a, a frog, like a pot of water, and then you don't realize that the temperature keeps turning up and up and up, and before you know it, you're boiled. Like, every time we think it can't get worse, it gets worse. Every time you think there's a line, you realize, no, that was just the shadow of the line. The line is still somewhere in the unseen horizon. Like, where do I even start? FX price, I mean... We've been talking about FX since I was in university when the Naira was probably still maybe three something to the dollar, if not one something. And I hope I'm not betraying my age to any Gen Zs that are listening. I was like, oh, you're yeah, Gen Z. You already know I'm an old woman. But like the FX really <laughs> You know, anyone, anyone who heard you say, oh, you're Gen Z, and people would know I'm an old woman who think if I is I'm donkey. Well, they'll think they'll think I'm 30 plus. Guys, 30 is coming. No, I can't even lie. I can't lie. But let's just let's shift that to the side for a second. But yeah, like the FX prices, like <laughs> the first subsidy that is not a subsidy, that is now a subsidy, like the cost of things are just rising. It's 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 really crazy out here, actually. It's really crazy. And we're not really going to necessarily get into it because we don't have to get into it. We're all living it. But I think we would be amiss to not even acknowledge it. Especially for me that is on ground. No, that they don't jack us. So, yeah. Well, yeah, cost of living is actually rising in England. So, it's not... Or in the UK generally. So, um, I wouldn't say that I understand. No, no, please, because, please. If we're doing struggle uh, Olympics, you people will know. No, 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 no. It's not, it's, not, it's not struggle Olympics. But, you know, uh, the funny thing about the cost of living here is... I, I, I just came here last year... And you hear people saying, oh, the cost of living is rising. And I'm like, what's rising about cost of living? Your own cost <laughs> of living doesn't really affect me. It's how much the pound is exchanging or how much the Naira is exchanging for a, um, a pound that actually does bother yeah. me. Because that's that's what I still spend in, basically. So, uh, oh, your you're still a living, Naira boy. Please. Yeah, exactly. So if you people are saying cost of living here, my own cost of living is, in the first terms, as probably quadrupled because... If the pounds is now 1,200 to a naira, Ooh, no, or if the yeah. naira is 1,200 naira to one pound, I am actually going through it. So your cost of living now becomes even times three worse for me. But yeah, like you said, I can't believe we're the... talking in above 1,000 about the naira to yeah. the pound to the but, dollar. Like, although I think um, late last week it dropped, um, I wouldn't say to a level that we all want but it actually dropped significantly that you could notice but dropped in aggressive quotes because i mean it's still not where it was at the beginning of the year well would you say at the beginning of the year i i did expect that it would go up but um after the 
you know, open the CBN's account and all of that. I I'm even surprised that we're not close to two thousand two thousand naira <laughs> to a pound because that thing that that uh, statement of account was actually atrocious. But yeah, this is how you guys know that we don't write a script because I actually just screamed laughing. But economics aside, and onto what we've been doing while Nigeria and the United Kingdom economies have been beating our asses. I will start first since as the less surprising person, apparently, I'm supposed to go first. But yeah, no, guys, I still did here. I'm still here with everybody. I'm still here with all of you. I'm still one of the common man in Nigeria. I think the only update that I have is I probably spoke, if the last time we recorded was February, then I definitely spoke about doing my solicitor's qualifying exam. And the results came out end of February. Your girl passed. So all thanks go to the maker. We thank God you're a girl, you're sis. Your oh, millennial yeah. is now a qualified. What's, what what am I even called again? A, no, you're I think dual I'm a qualified. So sol- sol- I'm a solicitor of the senior courts of England and Wales. Yeah. You get me. I'm still here, but a solicitor of the senior courts of England and Wales. I did a ceremony and everything. I was there in. Like, yeah, we, was we in saw. England. I was there in June. In June. Yeah, we saw. Or was it July? We're there in, I was there in June, yes, and of course we saw. Yeah. And I did my ceremony, which was very unnecessary. I just went there because I had spent money. I must still I must still wear gown. So yeah, but I'm still here. I'm still at the same yeah. law firm I've been in for the last four years. Well, it's going to be four years in December. Uh, well, if I still, senior, if you're already, can you imagine? Still, still thugging it out for my daily 2K, guys. Daily 2K. At this point, please, they should increase it to daily 5K, please. And well, that 5K but, yes. might not be enough for because <laughs> daily are, 10K. Things are insane, bro. No, I, things I, are. Things are very, very insane, honestly. Yeah. Very crazy. Like, if I start saying, oh, I went to slow and the cost was double what it used to be, people will not be looking at me. So let me no, know. But yeah, example. people have to look at you. Because why? But, why okay, exactly let me use foiling. The... Okay, no, let me use foiling the Camry. Foiling the Camry used to be 10. No, not 10K. What the hell no, am wait, I you, You've gone back to your it's Camry. To... I don't die. Ah, <laughs> me? No, I told my boss, I said, please, I never want to say Prado again in my life. Please. <laughs> Cam- Camry way. <laughs> Camry way. In fact, if I can get one of those like small cars that like the Uber drivers drive, yeah. like those Uber. In fact, I would love it. I would love oh, it. No, the Camry used to be like maybe ten k max, or is it twenty k max? I can't even remember. No, the yeah, price now. it used to be around twelve k. I used to yes, form my Camry around twelve k. Yeah, it used to be around twelve k to fill it completely. Now it's like twenty five k to fill it completely. And then once in a while, maybe if accidentally I enter my father's Prado. He'll now they'll now say I should come and pay for of 35k. I say me and who have have let the poor brief. Or let the but, medium medium rich because you know, let me be aspirational. Oh, let the medium yeah, rich brief. Me, we, 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 we are me in my <laughs> own terms, with the way the pound is going, I beg I have to declare bankruptcy. And uh, <laughs> so uh, part of the poor. But yeah. Don't actually kill me. But no, so this is, so that's me, guys. Still here in Nigeria. The only difference is obviously I got my qualification, which I'm very, very happy about. And which a lot of people have been asking me about. So if anyone wants to ask about like the process of, you know, what the exams are actually like or anything, I'm always, always available and always happy and willing to talk about it. But to segue Olamide in, Olamide is still in the Ukes, although Olamide is in Scotland. I don't know why it's mentioned in England. That's my own country. Olamide is, you know, He's very original. He's doing farms. You, but you yes, know, Olamide, how are you know, things going? If it's actually so classist, because why exactly are you are you Olamide. trying to put me it? But it's fine. Wow. It's fine. I I'm enjoying my time with the farmers here uh, up north. But um, 
Orlando yeah. is the only person I know that decided in Scotland he wants to go to. His, his mates are going to, and I know I've said this before, I'll say it again. His mates are going to England, Canada, even America. Orlando said no, Scotland way. But yeah, um, I was actually writing my dissertation. So for the last four months, I've been writing my dissertation. I submitted uh, last week and it was a process. Let me just put it that way. It was yeah. a process. Um, I, I'll say I enjoyed it, but at the same time, it was really stressful because I barely had time for myself. It was essentially the only thing I was thinking about for the last three, four months. Because mm-hmm. I wake up and um, I'm doing something and I'm like, I haven't done my dissertation. Even the day <laughs> we were, even the day we saw and we were playing golf in my head, I'm like, and I beat Olamide. Let the record reflect. Continue. If you did not, but yeah, Olamide. He said, she said, continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. After that, after the entire thing, I had like uh, dinner with a friend. So. When I got back, the home, friend was the friend was not me, oh, guys. Lambda didn't take me to dinner, but let's continue. Yeah, if I was seeing somebody else, so so why I don't know why she. Ah, see, I see dinner. the way you made this sound like that. If I was, please, guys, I'm not seeing anybody. I'm not seeing anybody. Only for Lambda, and I went home. Thank you. Continue. So yeah, um, I I would usually just think about it. I I used to have like a notepad with me at every point Aww. in time, so I would have to scribble things that come to my head. Then the crazier part was. I was close to submission. Then I was going to go through like the checklist and uh, for the instructions. So originally, my my school would usually have the the rule, the general rule for like other assessments I've done would be that your footnotes would be excluded from the total word count. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, but, of course. But from but for the dissertation, apparently the word count was inclusive of the footnotes and oh was, wow yikes yeah and there's this cheeky thing i do when i realize that i'm actually um going to be i have to explain something further oh you put and, it in the footnotes yeah so i put it in the you footnotes. think i shout my god it was now war having to like i had to delete some sections completely from the work it was it was serious stress serious wow, very very serious crazy. stress yeah, but in the end, I was able to submit, and I'm really happy I I did it, and I did it well. I committed like every single thing I had to doing Aww. the dissertation well. So yeah, hoping for the best. Oh yeah, and guys, for the record, like these three four months, Alamde said he's been stressing. You know, he's he's he still had my time. You know? I call Alamde at all odd hours of the night and the morning, and he's still picking my call. So we thank God. We thank yeah. God. But Alamde, for anyone who doesn't know. What's your master's in? And what was your dissertation topic on? Because I don't think we spoke about your dissertation at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. So my master's generally was um, international commercial law, but um, most of my courses were dispute res- resolution oriented. So uh-huh. I did um, I did international commercial arbitration, of course. I did um, international trade law. Uh, I did comparative contracts in Europe. And I did the investment arbitration so that's like natural resources and uh all of that them exceed that's um investment uh yeah. tribunal work uh yeah but my dissertation itself was on anti-suit injunctions and how oh, yeah of course yeah and how they're like a viable way to enforce arbitration agreements so um arbitration agreements and really it stems off or it stems from uh, a matter I was doing when I was in Nigeria, 
and we had to at the know, firm mm-hmm. yeah at the <laughs> firm yeah where we had to um you know defend an anti-suit injunctions at the court of, uh, at the court of appeal in nigeria and also give advice on like the nigerian aspect whilst they were pursuing the anti-suit injunction in england so uh it was one of the things that inspired me to write like on that and how like it is actually the most viable method uh in terms of preserving like the arbitral order or the nature of arbitration that's possibly like the most effective method of enforcing the arbitration agreement and yeah it was really nice because i had to consider some other things uh, my supervisor and i would usually like initially we go into an argument or oh, having to consider this and you know when we get into the debate she, she agreed with me um uh-huh. But the thing was, you know, just to help like my thought process, we would usually yeah. get into these debates. And, you know, there was a time she's like, okay, well, how about damages? And we now went into the entire thing of, okay, so what was the essence of the agreement in the first place? The essence of the agreement yeah. is not for me to get any commercial benefits. It's just for me to ensure that my, uh, in as much as, yes, there's probably going to be some commercial benefit to it uh, to settling your disputes by arbitration or having your disputes res- being resolved by arbitration it's just that it creates a, a certain expectation when you've actually agreed that way and you know even the principles of contract and specific performance if you can get a party to actually specifically perform his or her duties then equity would allow you to do that so like that was that was the um perspective i was coming from and yeah it was so that sounds really interesting actually and even though nobody asked me including on Lamide, what my own masters was about because i want to feel among even though i did mine donkey years ago as the almost 30 plus that i am but i did it in human rights law and my dissertation was on what was my dissertation on it was on whether companies owe society a social like a social responsibility yeah. so it was kind of around like csr so whether companies have like a moral duty it towards yeah. society and so obviously you could tell like where my mind was like, if it was up to me, actually, my master's would have been in this thing called um, family, social and criminal law. My mommy said, God forbid. So we compromised, <laughs> on, <laughs> we compromised on human rights law. It was soft enough for me and it felt it still felt like established enough for her. But so, yeah, that was that was the compromise for us. Also, guys, Olamide doesn't know I'm about to say this, but talking about what Olamide has been up to. Guys, if you don't follow Alamde on social media, you need to because Alamde has been thirst trapping for the gal dem for his entire year abroad. Every day going gym. Alamde is even giving us shirtless pictures. Alamde of Nigeria has changed, though, guys. He has changed. If I say shirtless pictures, I beg. I don't give anyone Alamde has Ah, Alamde, I promise you. The next one, in fact, I probably will screenshot this on the past one. I'm going to put it on the podcast Twitter since you're calling me a liar to the general public. You say yes, I'm a liar. Don't worry, guys. Watch, watch this space. Very big space. Watch this space. Yeah. But yeah, so Alamde, obviously, I think in terms of like what's next, because obviously, like we've both had like pretty significant changes. You've, you know, almost completed your masters. I know your graduation is in November, yeah. and I've like gotten my qualification. So some people might be thinking, okay, what's next? I know we've definitely had conversations about what's next for the both of us. So this time around, I'll let you start. Like, what's what's kind of next? I mean, I already know. For the people that don't know, like, what are the what are the plans? To be honest, what next <laughs> is really for me. I I think I want rest to get more. Yeah, yeah. Like this process is just for me to rest, and to the end of the year, I'm actually going to be resting. 
um, mm -hmm. except something extraordinary comes up. And when Yeah. I say extraordinary, it has to be extraordinary. But Yeah. um, the goal, at least for the next two, two, three years is to gain more experience. So Mm. in as much as I think I've learned a great deal in like the first four years post-qualification, I think I still have more to learn, particularly in the field. So I want to still gain a lot more experience. And yeah, maybe from there, we'll now start, you know, building. But yeah, the idea really is to, you know, just learn a lot more. Um, and if I would say in my little experience as, you know, like if I calls us a baby lawyer, um, my it's better to learn on the job. Like the field is the best place to learn. So if you're not Yeah. practicing, you're not you you're not learning as much as you can. So it's it's like law law in my opinion, or as people have also ventured, is um a profession. Not only a profession, it's like um how do I put it? It's a vocation also. So it's like a Yeah. profession and a vocation. So you learn more by actually watching people do it, people who have done it in the past. And you also learn more by putting in that effort. So uh, for instance, if you're a painter or if you're learning to be a painter, you would have to watch how your master uses like the brushes, how, um, you know, he mixes the colors, the paints and everything. Then you also would have to mix paint and use the brushes yourself. And what will make you perfect or what will make you good enough is because I don't think anyone really attains perfection, but what would make you good enough is you um, using the brush well enough and you're able to master it. So that's how I think anyone is going to be learning on the job, um, learning any vocation or any profession. So I think I want to get more experience uh, on the field. But yeah, I will... No, that's really interesting that you say that, but I'll just cut through the shalai and ask the question that I'm sure anyone who's interested actually wants to know, which is, are you coming back? And again, me, I know the answer, but unless the answer has changed. Yeah. Well, the thing is, we're still waiting to go for guidance on that. <laughs> so basically, watch this space, guys. Another watch this space. So hopefully when I'm, so hopefully when I'm like updating on Olamide shirtless gym pictures, I'll just slide in there whether Alamde is coming back or not. But for me, since I put you on the spot, I'll just reverse the spot back on myself. And I think in terms of like what's next, I'll start by answering what I think would be the most interesting question, which would be do I plan on going to England? Which is something that we've definitely spoken about a lot on Yeah. this, um, New qualification and Japan, not necessarily. Like I say this all the time. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but I say it all the time. So Lambda to anyone who listen, except my employer. So hopefully none of my employers are listening to this part. But I really want to get UK exper
even it's it's so interesting as well and I'm kind of detracting a bit but I read this article many years ago and I always reference it and I don't know if I referenced it on the podcast ever but it was talking about how as a generation we've lost the ability to like stay in one place long term so like that generation where people would work somewhere for like 20 years 30 years it's gone like people are somewhere for two years three years and then they're going and especially with this jap out wave it's very easy to like see people moving and get restless so i think it's a part of that right because like where i am right now the firm i'm happy there i mean as happy as somebody in salary employment can be you know if anyone wants to give me free money i don't mind but like the kind of work i want to do i can't imagine being anywhere else at least in this country and again i know that i want to live in nigeria and i think that's something that we've discussed on the podcast maybe later on we could even do an episode about why nigeria because i think we're both very like nigeria focused in terms of wanting to actually be here and not just one of those ones where you're like oh when i retire but like we actually plan on living the life where we're going to be you know working and earning money and raising a family fingers crossed in nigeria but so because i'm nigeria focused I don't want to relocate. Like, I don't plan on moving abroad, but I would like a change of pace. So I wouldn't mind something that would take me to England, like working in a law firm for six, anywhere ranging from, and it's going to be a very big range, anywhere ranging from three months to five years. And the reason why that range is so long, big is because my preference would be maybe like a secondment opportunity where I could go, obviously that one would be like three to six months. But if it was something where I had to actually leave, then I know that that would probably be something along like, two to five years but I always say like five years is my hard 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 max for England and honestly I wouldn't want to necessarily live in England or raise a family in England and again that's a whole other um, um, episode for a whole other day but yeah. yeah no I'm I'm happy where I am I can't lie my mom is itching me a little bit to you know you know co- collect some yeah. of that collect some of that UK fresh air let's just blow me let me be taking the underground clearing wharf to bank those kind of things but like <laughs> i got that i got that i got that qualification to to advance where i am right now not necessarily because mm. i was looking for for opportunities for abroad exactly yeah. for greener passion even though my employers don't believe me oh, but guys i promise if you're listening employers i hope this is not the party i'm listening to i'm very happy i'm happy sir so yeah but that's us for like what's necessarily next but well, i think well, what yeah, no, you were question. going to say, you were saying you are happy. Uh, it means that you don't want to raise again. Ah, <laughs> please, please, please. I said, remember when I said before, I'm as happy as one can be salaried employment, but if anyone wants to give me free money, I said free money, but more money, even if I'm working for it, I don't mind. You now they say more work, more responsibilities, more money as well, please. Yeah. Always more money. I totally understand you and I can see the perspective you're coming from because, yeah. um, you know, there's been a lot of movement generally, particularly in the profession and um, at our level in the last three, four years. So seeing all of that would actually make you want to move because you're like, okay, maybe I should get experience here. I'm not really keen on staying here, but I, I think I should get experience here. It would be really helpful and, you know, just the exposure alone would count for something. So I totally understand. But like uh, in my free time, I've been watching The Lincoln Lawyer. Somebody made me watch it on Netflix and really I've not... It's actually so good. Yeah, it is. It's, um, yeah, I, like, I like it because it's a bridge between suits and um, how to get away with mother. How do so... you know I was thinking about suits? Because I can't lie, I've never... I never got into suits. And that's why because suits is not a good show. Nobody come for me. But I just never got into it. But it's something like, did you ever get into Castle and Castle? Kind of after one, I don't even know if I made it one episode, but it's um one day I will try to see how they interpret like 
practice this in Nigeria. In Nigeria, exactly. I've never just so that when people ask, I I can explain it as a frame of reference. But honestly, I I found it hard to to get through the first episode of Castle and Castle. But yeah, you yeah. were saying it's like a combination between like suits and how to get away with murder. That's I think that's fair. Well, yeah, that that that's exactly what it, um what it is in in the sense that um you know suits really did have like some you know legal legal bits and drama. Then how to get away with murder was, in my opinion, it started off with a lot of you know legal stuff and you could really and then just devolved yeah. into and it just became drama opera. i'm like what what's really happening here but um, they but for the lincoln lawyer there's like that mix it, it sort of reminds me of uh, the good wife the good wife is oh my, my opinion, god that's one of my favorite shows that, that, that's like i the love best legal, the good wife oh. that's like the best legal series ever then when they had uh the good fight which was the spin-off was, I never watched it, was, it. Don't hate no, me, but no. I haven't got watched. Is it good? Should I watch it? No, that one is more. That that's that that the good fight is more political drama in my opinion. It's like Alamde, the, should we do an episode on on law shows? Yeah, yeah, we should actually do an episode on law shows. Uh, would I would we, we should do that? But um, the it's episode about I'm the watching, good fights, yeah, yeah. No, like and the Lincoln, Lincoln lawyer. lawyer, yeah. Like the episode I'm watching now is the episode where he had to like you know. Uh, he had like no a spoilers of interest. Yeah, yeah, he had a conflict mm-hmm. of interest, and his uh, professional conduct had to, like, it came under uh, question. You know, in law school, we did this thing called um, ethical dilemmas. So, like, yeah. he was in a proper ethical dilemma, and it just made me realize that, you know, in the past two years, I've seen, or even in the last four years, I've seen different type of lawyers, and it's not like they're bad lawyers in the sense that oh, they don't know what they're doing but it's just the way different ha- different people have different approaches to how they practice the law so yeah. for instance you have people who are extreme even within the same organization you have people very, who, i have a separate technical lawyers no, oh my god people that can peel you to death like that's a preliminary objection yeah like you know there, there are people who they they want to challenge every single thing and uh, they don't mind. They don't mind how long it takes. Then you also have people who have like, oh, what's, what's the client's goal? And where's the yes, client's going very to? like practical kind of lawyer. Yeah. Very business, business-minded. Business-minded. So, so it's not about what's happening in the courtroom or what's happening in the drafting. Like even if everything is happening outside of the courtroom, they don't mind. Yeah. Even but, if it's about, oh, I know the lawyer on the other side. Let's yeah, talk. Let, let's settle. Exactly. Clients. Like the thing is, they are usually very client oriented, and there are some people I have noticed, uh, generally are somewhat ego oriented. So they do certain mm. things just to please their egos. It's not they know it's not right, but it's they not know about they, advancing the client. Yeah, case. it's not it's yeah. not about the client. It's not about the law itself because there are some people who are really interested in the law, so they want to challenge every single thing. But there's some people who they just see it and they're like, oh, um. I'm better than this guy. I'm older than this guy at the bar. So I will just do this because I can do it. And they end up doing some very ridiculous things. So it it, it just makes me like, uh, and with the ethical dilemma it has, it just made made me realize that you have to be very conscious of the type of lawyer you want to be. Yeah, no, some lawyers are very like brutish and aggressive sometimes. Oh, they do things that are so unethical. I remember I've had um, like encounters with lawyers would that have later come back to bite me in the ass and i'm just like guy it's not that deep yeah, we're not fighting exactly. about your family land it's really not that deep 
you know, there are sometimes that you um you have a conversation with a lawyer and you're going there with the mindset that okay, we want to reach a resolution, but they're going there uh with the mindset that they want to um they want to outsmart you, they want to outpace you with what you're doing, whereas you're coming with clean hands and they probably have like a knife behind their back, uh, their hand, a knife in their hand behind their back. And I'm like, you didn't need to do that, really. If you really did have a good case, you know, you'd have just come up, come out up front and you'd have told me, guy, I am not interested in this settlement. Let's go to court and let's trash this out in court. But you now uh, waiting for me to, you know, let my guard down. And that's when you hit a sucker punch. Like, I find it somewhat weird, but at the same time, it stopped me to be wiser in the way I approach certain things. But yeah, so uh, like, if it, what kind of lawyer yeah, do no, you I think? think... What, you, what kind uh, of lawyer do you uh, think yeah, I am? Yeah, are you going to be like that? Are you like that over... You know, the thing is, there are some lawyers that are also... Like, the ethics thing, they take it very seriously. So they would not break any rule. And it's not like they... They won't even do anything that looks like breaking a rule or that can be interpreted as breaking a rule. Yeah. And sometimes it can be very, very annoying, even if it's the simplest thing of or, or saying, oh, could you just call like the client and explain this thing to the client? They're like, oh no, you shouldn't be, you shouldn't be explaining things to your client, or you shouldn't be calling at your client's place or kind of like, no, we just want to get clarification. You on know, something. I actually forgot. Is that anyway? Let me not admit the rules I do and do not know. <laughs> Yeah. but good good to know let me also there's even new like rpc rules that's the rules of professional conduct so i think that's also something that we're probably going to get into in later episodes as well there's a lot of like with this new administration there's a lot of like new laws new yeah. acts new statutes and i think that's definitely i mean for a law podcast is definitely something that we have to address but yeah, in terms of like what kind of lawyer am i i think and going back to like lawyers are very technical one thing i admire about very technical lawyers is they have they can have at least the kind of technical lawyers that I've witnessed. They have a very elite grasp of the law, right? Because they, because they're so, they're looking at everything with you know a fine tooth comb, trying to find okay, what can I challenge? What little technical things that ah maybe they served a when they should have served a point two, like what can I challenge? And they're not, and that means sometimes they're not meeting you on the merits, which can actually get very frustrating when you're arguing about service or jurisdiction. Not to say that service and jurisdiction are not very vital things to address. But when you're on the other side, or even sometimes when you're on the side that's arguing, you're like, oh, I want to get to the meat of this matter. It can be frustrating. But sometimes it allows you to really show your technical understanding of the law and your ability to play with the law. Because when you're talking about um, technical objections, when you're talking about preliminary objections, you need to be able to explain to the court why this is an issue and why this differs from other instances. So I admire technical lawyers. I admire their grasp of the law. But I think for me, I want to be a very practical lawyer. And I've also like witnessed practical lawyers as well at work. And I want to be the kind of lawyer that like is really just very solution focused. Yeah. Like, how do we solve this problem? Like, how do we get? And so those are the lawyers that people say, you know, are business minded or commercially minded or whatever it is. But how do we get to the roots of this problem? Whatever the root of this problem might be, whether that involves, you know, negotiation, whether that involves, you know, calling calling the other counsel and obviously again when we're talking about ethics because i think how ethical are you as a lawyer and what kind of a lawyer are you are two very different things as well 
to, and I think that in describing it, it can sometimes sound like when you're a practical lawyer, it might be a bit less ethical because obviously there's a lot more like backroom wheeling and dealing. But in terms of like ethics, me, I take ethics very seriously. Like I can't lie, I, I don't know IPC front to back. I will go and do that. But I always joke in life and I guess in work, I don't have anointing for bad things. It's always me they will catch. It's always me. So I don't, I don't really play around with anything that I think is going to get me in trouble. I only have one law. Well, okay, as far as I only have one law degree. Well, actually, I have two now. But, like, I worked hard for this law degree. I cannot shame myself and my household. So I think in terms of being, like, ethical, I always try and veer on as ethical as possible. But, yeah. like, I think entering into, like, four years working where I've been working and entering into, like, my fifth year post-call, because I know that, even I think it's very weird and I don't agree. I know that they count the year that you go to law school as like a post-call year, right? right. Yeah, yeah, to be honest, yeah. I, I don't so agree five, with that so method of So entering five years post-call, I think about like what kind of lawyer am I? I think that I'm definitely trying to be like more like commercially minded. Um, I enjoy, do you enjoy? I enjoy drafting. I'm a procrastinator. All I really know is this. Anyone who's listening to this six months after it should have come out would also know this as well. But when I finally get into like actually drafting or doing my research, I enjoy it. Like I'm enjoying crafting my legal arguments. I think what kind of lawyer are you when you're drafting is also a very interesting question because some people, when they're drafting, they draft arguments the way they argue, right? The way they speak. So yeah, reading it and it sounds like someone is talking. I don't like that. That's not my preference as a style. I'm not saying that you need to be um overly formal but like i I like it to have maybe it's, it comes from like being a big reader or i think most lawyers are probably big readers at least growing up like as a foundation but i wanted to have a, the structure words should have i don't want to be seeing the kind of colloquialism or the kind of overly uh, um, uh, overly yeah. flowery dramatics that i would have when i'm using my words exactly you know you know the thing is i and i think it's because we've learned from basically the same set of people so the way we see uh we see addresses is different from the way some other people see addresses and you see this is the this is what i actually meant when i said that law is a vocation and you basically what you learn is based off who you learn from so if your boss is for instance the type who you know is passive aggressive in his arguments you tend to be passive aggressive in the way you actually draft your arguments um, if your boss is the type of person who doesn't format his document, you most likely will never learn how to justify your documents before you go and file. And this is me throwing shades at people who don't justify documents before they go and file. It, it really makes it very stressful for anybody to read. Please justify your documents or your uh, addresses before you go and file. And essentially, too, on the thing about ethics, it, also, if you have a boss who is who likes speaking to the media, you most likely would actually be that lawyer who is on social media, always updating people about what they did not ask you for. Because I, I personally find it cringe where lawyers address the media unnecessarily. So every single thing, you want the media to know what's going on. And it's like, okay, um, what's really happening? You're arguing your cases in two different places. You're arguing your case in court and you're arguing your case in the court of public opinion. So like, where exactly do you stand i have a i i personally have a problem with people who do that if you're going to be arguing your case argue your case in court everything that happens in the media all the shenanigans and all that um 
theatrics please just cut it out i really do not like when i see lawyers doing like the theatrics and or um then what else would i say as per the type of lawyers yeah you've said drafting you've also said yeah now the technical part while while i agree i actually agree with you wholly on the fact that uh there's some lawyers who know how to point out technicalities but I find them very, very frustrating because I would say it's one of the reasons why our jurisprudence has not de developed. Advanced. I agree. I agree with you completely because we're not talking about the merits. But sometimes, though, sometimes that technicality is correct. It is. Now, Lamde, yeah, somebody yeah, knows you and I are friends. They serve you because they're trying to serve because they know you will send it to me. And you say that even if yeah. I receive that document, is that proper service? No, yeah, it's, I would of course. I would that issue. It's not, it's not proper service, if I, I totally agree with if you. If they serve my sister, that's not proper service now. So you can't yeah. say I'm being, and not me now playing devil's advocate when I don't really like technical lawyers either. But you can't now say that as me, you can't now say that's me being overly technical because, oh, I want to just uh, waive my right to service. We're not friends. We're here in court. We're fighting. Yeah, yeah. So I, I if there's an issue that you have not met, then it's right for me to bring it up. Or is employment now? You have taken me to federal courts. Uncle, why are we here? Let you me know, put that to NIC. You know, now the thing now is I, I totally understand what you're saying. And I think even the way we've divided our court for, you know, the way I, although I personally also think that lawyers, there are certain lawyers or certain mistakes lawyers should have stopped making by now. So for instance, mm -hmm. an employment dispute, you're taking it to the federal high court. But you know, there are some disputes that are actually on the, that like they're like, on a thin line so for instance yes, i'll give of you of course now if there weren't disputes with thin lines we won't have jurisdictional objections so I... lawyers don't wake up and decide oh nobody is stupid even nobody's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> no, no one wakes up and says okay i'm gonna take this to the wrong court intentionally unless now nah, strategy upon strategy so it's always because there's some sort of like interpretation of okay we think it can fall under this and maybe they choose that court because they think it's more favorable yeah. like forum shopping yeah forum shopping so for instance and why i say that there are some things that we need to have let go by this time is um, it just causes a lot of problems. For instance, um, I think the NURPC uh, released some guidelines on releasing workers in uh, the oil and gas industry during COVID. And there, there was a challenge to the power of the NURPC to actually release um, those guidelines and the suit was instituted at the federal high court and oh and then they said they should go to the national industrial they said they should go to the national industrial court the national industrial court is where you would send your the, the, employment the, and labor matters the, if it's a simple contract you're taking it to the state high court and, if it's anything. so like that's yeah case. guess what we had a similar matter so we went we actually challenged the um guidelines at the national industrial court the other side did not mm -hmm. raise an objection. Guess we raised the mm -hmm. uh, matter so much to the judge. The court, the court says yeah. that we should address the court on this issue. We attached the judgment, we the judgment of the federal high court, which had um ordered the transfer of that case file to the NI mm -hmm. uh, to the NICN. The judge still said that he didn't have jurisdiction, and you know, instead of him to even have transfer, <laughs> oh, said he no one trouble. Uh, yeah, I'm, and the thing now is. So we have two similar cases on same Oh, look at you saying we. Olamde is coming back, guys. He just doesn't know it. <laughs> we have two similar cases on jurisdiction. 
the subject matter has not been decided. So NURPC yeah. will still just keep, uh, you know, additional regulations and nobody's going to solve that issue. Why? Because none of the courts want to hear the, the matter. Nobody wants the smoke. And like, it's not even about the smoke. It's just that the thing about NICN and Federal High Court, for instance, is the judges are of similar, or in fact, the only thing is, in the NICN, they would ask that you have some labor law experience, a bit, just a bit of labor law experience. But the qualification, yeah, the qualification is essentially the same. Yeah. The qualification is essentially the same. So the thing is, are you, are you getting frustrated at the NIC? No, like the thing is, it's just, is the NIC judge more intelligent? than the FHC judge or is the FHC judge no no but there needs to be that demarcation but I think yeah. also, I think I think you were getting around when you started when you were complaining about the way we demarcate because it's not the same way as they do in England you know where they have their commercial courts yeah and they have their, I know we have family courts quote unquote here but I can't lie I'm sure even that family court they are still taking contracts matters so oh, in England yeah. there's, more a, there's more of a strict demarcation and so yeah. you know your judge is specialized whereas here when you get a case you're just crossing fingers say God please give me the commercially minded judge Exactly. Because again, like some of these things are very intricate. You want to get investment arbitration to a judge for the first time. Why not just have a judge that you just, just have, you know, a section of the court that's like specialized in that kind of thing. So yeah. or you want to take tech disputes now, somebody that's only been doing family law. And again, it's, it's like being a lawyer. I always say being a lawyer doesn't mean I know everything. Okay. It just means I know where to find, find it. it. Yeah. So obviously being a judge is not like, oh, if you don't know, you, know you can't you judge you, on it. Yeah. But the thing is, would but you so rather take... value to demarcation? Yeah, exactly. But would you rather take your dispute... Uh, your tech dispute to a lawyer who has only done land matters. <laughs> no, but exactly. I, I, I get what you're saying. Like, I agree, I agree with you completely. And I, I think it's interesting as well. When you were talking about um, lawyers being like overly media focused, I was like, how can we be a law podcast? And we did not mention the, the, the biggest case in the media right now. Olamide, please tell me you know where I'm going with this. Oh, the presidential election petition tribunal. I I personally do not want to speak about it because there's been a lot of ridiculousness going on with it. And um, I won't lie, I'm also very appalled by the stance certain people in the profession have also taken based on their personal interest. So I I would not even want to speak about it. Olamde really used the big government word appalled. So this actually lets you know that this whole country has scattered because me and Alamdi were even thinking about different cases. Me, I was thinking about uh, somebody's daddy, former CBN governor. Oh, let me not say former, sorry. Oh, uh, you know, the, no, that, that, that case, I, I don't even think that case has, for me, that case. Uh, <laughs> no, the case hasn't gone anywhere, but we're just keep on, like literally, and we even know the registrar that like was Yankee. Yeah, like, one yeah. Of my friends, one of my friends at work literally texted the woman. Obviously, I'm sure many people were texting her, like, the registrar in the picture. Yeah. But that's We're talking about the image of somebody, a woman um, dragging. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, so used to I'm so used to mispronouncing his name. I don't want to now say it. Yeah. But, like, dragging him into court. And so that's the registrar of, like, of, of that particular court. And it was so interesting because I remember, like, one of the first times I saw it on the news was when his lawyer was addressing the courts. And the lawyer was, not sorry, not the courts, addressing the media. I wanted to ask my prophecy. I said, please, is this the main lawyer? Because again, I was just wondering about the level of engagement with the media. And that's what came to mind when we talked about lawyers engaging with the media. So, but I think there is value to it as well, especially, but is there value? I mean, we don't have a jury system in Nigeria. So is is, is does the court of public opinion really matter in these instances? I mean, you can't, if it's a public case, you, you have to address it. 
but, but, but I what, think the, the element of what the extent case, can the media really benefit your case? Yeah, the, now the thing now is you know, when you say, Oh, it's a public case, it's a public case, and uh, the constitution already makes you know, uh, provision for that. If you are interested in the case, you come to the court and you sit Just and you watch, in. nobody's going to stop you. Yeah, the thing now is, as a lawyer, would you, would you give everybody like the full picture? Like or like audience with you. The thing is, you want to tell them what they want to hear, especially if it's something that favors you. So why? I think it's also to. I think it's also to put. I think we're also maybe being small minded as well because I think you know it's there are some cases that are bigger than what's going on in the courtroom. There is also you know politics behind the scenes, so maybe it's to try and put pressure on certain. Personally, I think there's smarter ways to do that. There's smarter ways to do that. Hmm. Political and legal juggernauts lambs on the beats so. i hear you i hear you i hear you Malga. but no okay so alamde but so we're talking about i think i answered what kind of lawyer i want to be but did you answer yeah. like what kind of lawyer you yeah, want yeah, to be yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I i no i i would want to be that lawyer who in terms my my own would be technically sound and what, what i mean by technically sound is i'm able to appreciate and make people like the judge appreciate you know the point of law that has been raised yeah. yeah so it's not it's not just me um saying oh the law is this i want to be able to explain and you know you, you analyze the law in such a way that you can see like a deep understanding um lately i've realized that every single course you basically did in uni does mm-hmm. help you become a better lawyer, but you probably wouldn't realize until you start actually using it in practice. So for instance, if you want to explain like the history of a law or you, you're actually either using like your legal systems knowledge or you're using your jurisprudence knowledge because now you want to tell a judge to take this particular perspective because the perspective is more utilitarian or the perspective is... Uh, you know, you say from a natural law point of view. However, somebody who is on the other side is trying to tell the judge, you know what, the law is what the law is. You don't need to read any meaning into it. So the person is coming from a positivist, uh, you know, point of view. Or the person, another person is coming and they're telling you, you have to look at what's actually happening in the society. This is This is the impact of this. Uh, on society that's another school of thought so it's basically you being able to you know advance your case knowing uh the you know the history of the law the basis of the law and possibly the legislative um you know background or context to you know um the enactment of that law so uh, I think I, that's where I want to be, where I know I know that subject matter. I know mm. my way around it and I know how to convince someone to take a point of view. Because the thing is, you I've seen people who have argued this part of uh, or this point of law with, mm. uh, on this particular case. And in a very, very sim- um, similar scenario, they've argued a different point of view. But the thing yeah. is, you know, because there's something we call distinguishing. The way they are able to distinguish you yourself, you, yes. you you are able to appreciate the law that, okay, yeah. And that is something I enjoy about technical lawyers sometimes. Like, you know, when the way that they can distinguish a case, right? 
you yourself. But I also find as well, and it's really interesting, when distinguishing cases is not hard. When you, if you actually take the time, and I guess this is now more specifically talking to lawyers, even though we, there's lots of non-lawyers mm. who don't listen. When you actually take the time to read a case, not the blurb, not the, um, mm. the obituary dicta, mm. not the part that you want, not the part yeah. that NWLR and law have been highlighted. You guilty people, you know yourselves. When yeah. you actually read a case, even if it is a case that when you read it in your opponent's brief, you said, I'm finished. If you really, you always find something to distinguish. Of course. It might be a small thing. It might be a big thing. It might be you making a small thing to a big thing, but you always find something. In fact, if you are really lucky, you even find something that supports your case, your case. that shows yeah. that your opponent did not finish reading the case, which is why, and this is now more like tips if nobody else for it. When I use a case, even if um, it's, it's, it's a finding that so supports my case, I try to only use it where the overall judgment of the course was, was favorable to the side I want. So for example, what that means is like, and I'm sure Lamley, you've seen this a little times, the mm. court can say something that's favorable to what you wanted to say. Yeah. But it ended up saying that that person couldn't win. Uh, so it could be yeah. like, the court would be like, oh, if you do this, you cannot do this kind of thing. But then you'll not be like, oh, but the person didn't uh, Didn't do something, yeah, the person so, didn't do So they don't win. And then you have used the case because the court has said, oh, these are the requirements to win. But then the person didn't win in that case because they didn't do one of the requirements. I don't, if I'm desperate, I'll use it too, but I don't like cases like that. Yeah, Before you know, the I, other I, side you start saying, yeah, oh, but in this case, they use the person didn't even win. I say, oh, I don't want that one. Lap, yeah, you know, there's there's uh, someone I used to work with, like there's one of my supervisors in the firm who her style was, my two supervisors are women, so if anyone is trying to know <laughs> who <laughs> Uh, a style was really that uh, if you if you cite a case and yeah. she likes the the uh, the finding in the case, just be ready to answer all the questions because about the case uh, about the case because the thing is she she would have expected that you've read the entire thing so she can yes. ask you what did the other side argue on this issue or what were the mm. issues that the court raised. Yes, yeah, so and that's another I, thing. If you I see like, an argument, you don't know how to contrast it. If you look at what the other side argued, you will at least find something you can use. Yes, especially exactly. in the cases that both sides cite. Yeah, and but also yeah, so you don't have the, to know everything about your case. Okay, yes, so like the thing is, even the assessment that the judges have given, you need to know it. And it's one of the things that actually made me a lot more thorough than I used to be. So. I, I stopped, yeah, I stopped just reading, like, you know, the law, uh, <laughs> the, blo- the end of ah, the law pavilion. Like, yeah. whoever came up, I, again, I love, whoever invented law pavilion, I love you, you are really a helper. But law pavilion is, a, which one is worse? No, is it end of the can't even remember now. The one that, the blurb is not even a direct quote. Oh, yeah. So if you use the blurb, you're not even directly quoting it. It's I have mercy now. The blurb is not direct quotes. Like, it's so crazy. So especially, like, people who are really new, not me feeling like a medium lawyer now. Like you now use they just the blurb, know, and you're yeah. like, that's not even exactly what the court said. It's a summary. Sometimes, it's, sometimes when you read the blurb and you read what the court said, you're like, how did they even get that from exactly? The they're like, okay, so how was they're like, I can't ratio? even use this. How is this the ratio? But yeah, so boy, somebody's worked for doing, and I love that person honestly. But yeah, I think for me, definitely going forward, I'm just trying to like. Yeah, fair. I think for me going forward, yeah, for me going forward, I was just distracted i was just thinking like you know what's coming next yeah. for me like what kind of lawyer do i want to be and i think for me going forward definitely i'm trying to like build um build capacity like because i've gotten to a point now where i'm kind of like specialized in certain areas 
Yeah. And those areas are for, and I'm sure I mentioned a thousand times, but those areas are construction and energy. And <laughs> did I choose those specializations? No, those specializations chose me. And it's like what Olamide said about um, who you work with. So you, I always say you are who teaches you. Exactly. So that's that's just I found those are the people that I found myself working with, and those are the areas that found me. Although mm. one area that found me that I refuse to let find me is tax. I have two more tax cases left, and after that, nobody should call my name. For the record, I love the tax appeal tribunal. Though. I like that it's a bit more casual, like, word, yeah. but a little more informal. You don't have to wear we got gown, and I think I just find the panel nicer. No offense to everybody. Um, and it's not by panel though, because because of appeal and Supreme Court, they have panels and those panels are notoriously strict. But I do enjoy going to tax appeal tribunal, even though it's in the Kedja and it's a bit, it's on the other side from where I live. But in the morning, there's no traffic and they start at 10. So big mm. love for the tribunal. But me and tax, I see numbers and I immediately panic. So tax was never going to be for me. So I fought very hard for that to not find me. But it's just about building capacity. So now actually being a construction lawyer and an energy lawyer that I'm not just Dot, I'm not just doing what I'm told, but I actually have an understanding of what's yeah. actually happening of downstream, of upstream, mm-hmm. of fitted contracts. Like I actually know it's red book, silver book. Like I know the content. Mm-hmm. That's definitely what I'm trying to do. But yeah, you are you are who teaches you. Like even in drafts, like there's certain drafts I've read from certain law firms, and I'm like, what's going on here? So you need to be very careful about where you choose to work and also who you choose to train you. But yeah, yeah. like guys, we're Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. Like, Olamide and I tried no, but before, really hard. But before okay, I, before, before, one hour mark. Okay, last yeah, words, Olamide, last yeah, words. Yeah, it's just, to, I think everyone just runs away from tax because I, I think I, I also ran away. From, I started running from tax in uni. So <laughs> yeah. my mom my mom works with FIRS and my mom has always wanted me to like, you know, do oh, a bit really? of tax. Yeah. And um, I have like an elder cousin who is very close to me who also works with LIRS. So like, they both wanted me to do like a bit of tax. Uh, my mentor in uni is a professor of tax. Ah, but okay. I never did. Yeah, but I never did tax. Then I got into the firm and I ran it. I like I ran as fast. So this is why you insisted on talking. You want to come and defend taxes position? No, like so I ran so as fast. So I can understand why defense probably running from tax. Ah, no, me I ran from tax. So I can't even like guys unrepentantly ran from tax. But yeah, no, guys, like we're having, we always have a good time. But Lambda and I try to be very, very, very strict about that one hour mark. Yeah. Even the one hour can even be some a lot sometimes. Like one of my friends, I recently sent him the pod and it was like, oh, how long? I was like, 30 minutes to an hour. I said an hour, but he ended up finishing. So special shout out to him. If he listens to this, you'll know I'm talking about him. But yes, thank you so much for listening, guys. We promise more consistency in quotes, but we will be coming back very shortly. Let me not say next week in case I'm the one that falls our hand, but we'll be coming back very shortly we love to do this and we love that people some people whoever you are the ones we know our friends and family and even people that we don't know that you guys listen with us like nigeria's had law is had and community is so important